Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. Well, that means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. You know, Sean, we're recording this on a Monday, and uh, as is the case for, I'd say, most weekdays and and weekend days, too, uh, I get a newsletter in in my email inbox, uh, and and I believe you do, too. Uh, I actually get two of them. I Uh, get one. We we get the same, too. Ah, okay. Uh, Getting the SB Nation MBA one, which is put together by Tom Ziller, who's great. And there is another one that I get that is for uh, baseball, um, MLB, that is put together by, I don't know if there's a regular person, but there's a lot of different people putting it together, or or there can be. In both cases, they are, uh, I'd say, really showcases of a bunch of different journalism on topics related to basketball and and baseball, or not at all. Sometimes they're (laughs) just randomly cool things. Uh, This is true. I I do want to shout out. Yeah. A thing that was so we're we're recording this the same day. It's going to go up on the uh, on the website, yeah. uh, and in in today's Good Morning It's Basketball, um, there was a a, a piece linked uh, <laughs> that involved uh, basketball writers taking on the monumental question of uh, if we traded LeBron for the worst rotation player of the other 29 NBA teams in 2K and then simulated the season each time, what would happen? This is the journalism that needs funding, people. Yeah, This is and, the good shit. Yeah, and and so uh, you mentioned the magic word there, which is which is funding. And, and as you probably know better than anyone, uh, funding anymore kind of means clicks, uh, based off of your clicks. And... This please kinda, please click on this podcast. Yeah, please please click here. Um, and we kind of we also mentioned this type of thing last week a little bit when I talked about the skim. But these are essentially these newsletters are essentially aggregators. And when you click, you're clicking through them, even though you might be going to a different site. It could be Sports Illustrated. It could be an ESPN article. It could be someone's personal blog and i i guess what i'm posing this week is kind of not just these newsletters but taking it bigger to some of the the sites that are aggregator sites anymore i want to support these journalists but am i really doing that um i mean i think that i, I don't want to obviate this whole topic mm-hmm. but if you're clicking through and reading the stuff yeah you are um just because you get to it through someone else doesn't mean that you're not still accomplishing the goal of getting to it yeah but if you do what i regrettably do most days which is look at a newsletter that has 11 links in it and probably read two or three of them yeah uh, that's eight or nine people that I'm not supporting. 
So, and this is not even the real culprit. I, I think that newsletters are are one thing. There's, well, I, I don't want to celebrate here and then well, not I, the other place. I, so I feel like you're going to, to try and pin this down on one culprit. And I do want to say before that, that I don't think that the thing you're about to talk about is a sole culprit. I think there is more of a societal thing with how we interact with information. Uh, okay. But but now no, that you should say now that. that I've cut in on you, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'll, I'll come back to it later. The sites that do this, I think, are more of a problem because what you see, and and I don't necessarily want to initially say anyone in particular because a lot of places do this, even ones that you wouldn't necessarily consider an aggregator site, but they will post essentially a summary of whatever information is being expressed in this other article. And they might have some kind of take on it and opinion, but a lot of times it is just a summary of the other article with a link at the end. And then I think that's particularly harmful because you are taking someone else's work and you're talking about it, but you've talked about it to an extent that the reader who has not seen that other work, they might think I've gotten the whole picture. There's no reason for me to go there. I think that is actually harmful to the other person's work. And it's kind of a – it's a weird kind of plagiarism. You're still giving credit, but unfortunately credit is is defined by dollars, and they're not getting to define those dollars no, in this way. Okay, so so I think you're right about that. Um, I, I, I do I, – I very much like the point about plagiarism. Um, I – so my – my last job was working at a local TV station um, on their web desk, and one of the things that I would do is take, you know, essentially press releases, whether they be from uh, the police department about uh, overnight crimes or, you know, about events going on in the city, and, you know rewrite those you know in, in just the most basic form and put that up on the station's website and it's not I guess it's not the same thing because I wasn't then linking out to a PDF of the press release from the NOPD public relations yeah. office but the same the same basic principle is there and that's why I think that's why I tend to think it's a little less of a a problem specifically with what you're calling aggregator sites. Yeah. Uh, and more with kind of the way we've all decided to interact with information now. Um, I mean, think about all the stuff you've read or heard about. You know, uh, we just read those pesky millennials just read headlines and share stuff on Facebook without going to read it. You know, that's not you know, I know you don't wanna call out sites, but that's that's an issue regardless of whether you're sharing stuff from Business Insider or the New York Times. Um Yeah. yeah. And and I feel the urge too, you know, I feel I, I would consider myself a thoughtful person who ha- I guess has a genuine desire to be informed about the world around me and, and would certainly would like, as we discussed on our episode about the news, would like for other people to be similarly informed. And I feel myself, you know, I feel the urge 
to read a headline and a lead paragraph and go, oh, all right, I'm done. Time to time to blast this out to the world. Um, so, like, if, you know, if, if that's happening to those of us who are <laughs> are a little more self-righteous about our, our our consumption of information, you know, it's certainly happening on a wider scale, too. Yeah, I, I think that in, in your example of working the web desk, it, it, then if we kind of extrapolate that, with these, with these aggregator sites, they do get a lot of visitors every day, and, and they, that's, that's, the, that's their backbone. And what they can argue is, hey, we understand we are not the original source of this journalism, but we're, we're making it such that this journalism is going to get more clicks or more awareness than it ever would because we're putting it on our site. And even if we get, you know, I don't know how it works, but they're getting some percentage of, of the, the publicity by, by doing this because it's going sure. through them. But they are, in some ways, they are supporting the original journalism than most people do because if they didn't put it up, you know, however many people would not know about it. it yeah, we've actually, we've definitely talked about this aspect before, which is just there's a certain laziness in, in finding original journalism. And I'm certainly someone who's been, uh, you know, guilty of it before. Uh, a few years ago, I think it was 2015, I I just kind of decided that I was going to stop going to those sites because I would go to them at work and, you know, flip through and, and, and look at them and be like, oh, you know, this is... Uh, I'd be going, I'd be clicking on the links a lot, which I felt good about, but it's like, why don't I just try to go find those? Because inevitably they were from like the same five or six places and that's been really good for me. But as we're discussing this, I also think about sites that I do go to a lot. Um, you know, we talk about Deadspin all the time. Uh, so hang, actually, hang on. Before before we yeah. get there, I, I want to I want to address both of the things you just said. Okay. Um, first... Oh God! What was the first point? Your first point was I stopped going to those sites. No, before that, um, them allowing for publicity. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So that that brings up sort of an interesting philosophical question. So let's say you have journalism site A and journalism aggregator site B. Aggregator site, you know, essentially does their aggregator thing on an awesome piece from journalism site A. Mm -hmm. 10,000 people, I'm, I'm going to be wildly optimistic and use huge numbers, 10,000 people who wouldn't have otherwise made it to site A to read that piece. Yeah. Click through. Yeah. 50,000 people who might have gone to site A directly read about it on the aggregator site and say, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Have they actually supported that site or have they stolen away a big chunk of business? Because it sounds kind of like a net 40,000 person loss Yeah. for that site. So, uh, you know... I'm I'm a little hesitant to to give them credit for that. However, at the same time, you know, I, I think it's it's perhaps a noble it's a noble thought to, to address your other point. It's a noble thought to say, 
I'm going to try to be better and I'm going to try and seek this stuff out at the source first. Mm-hmm. But the internet is... It's fucking huge. It's it's huge and it's occasionally difficult to navigate and there's so much content overload that if you take one minuscule wrong quarter turn y- you'll you'll never make it to what you're trying to make it to so at the same time like there there's definitely there's clearly there's value in aggregation in in, in someone else you know seeking out things that are are good to read. I mean, shit, I I write one of those. I do that. I do link aggregation on our website. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, less you, you less do. often than I should considering a how but, much I read and b how much free time I have. But I I think that I, I see this is the thing. I it's don't like want to defend. Line. Yeah, I don't want to defend us, but but I, I think that a lot of the stuff we're finding is not infrequently like very very old articles uh, about just completely That's random true. stuff, and you provide like one sentence. You don't explain the whole thing. You're essentially making a newsletter on a web page. Whereas, That's fair. Whereas, and this is what I was going to transition to. Um, we, you and I, discussed uh, uh, to a great degree right after the the article or the podcast last week. Um, with on chef worship, uh, Pete Wells deciding not to review Noma in, in <laughs> uh, is it Tulum? How do you say that place? I would guess Tulum. Tulum. I, I don't know. It, Noma, Mexico. I, I I really would like to go to uh, Central Mexico. It seems like a, a very cool place. But anyways, uh, there was I shared you shared his piece, and I responded with the. Uh, slate piece on why Pete Wells is wrong about what it means to be a critic. Both really w- well-written pieces. I, I guess I t- I'd like to think it's it's different, but the slate response by an author who, I'm sorry, but I forget. I, I know it's, you know, it's on one of my screens right now. Uh, <laughs> but that is clearly saying, I'm going to have an opinion on this thing. It's not just uh, regurgitating the salient points, it's saying that this is I am adding my own opinion. Here's the piece for you to look at. I think that's sure. okay. That back and forth is normal for journalism. But then you get kind of to a uh, a an uncertain point. I mentioned Slate again. Um, ben Mathis Lilly will essentially do news hits all the time, and it will be especially of late. It will be the New York Times or the Washington Post through various sources is reporting this uh, nefarious activity. That seems to be how news works, but also it's citing and, and pulling quotes out from a an article by, uh, you know, the original article, the original journalism. That's the one where I kind of, I, I kind of have to, you know, look at the balance of things because uh, here's a site that I go to that I don't think of as an aggregator site, but what they're doing right here, which is reporting someone else's report, that that's where I start to feel weird. It's like this is now infiltrating the sites that I like to go to and don't think of as aggregators. So here, here's why I actually don't think you should feel bad about this. That is how the news has worked for a long time. Yeah. It's just been perhaps slightly less out in the open. I mean, uh, the Associated Press is this in in its most distilled form 
it, yeah. it's an acknowledgement that there are some things that not everyone can cover because you can't really send a reporter from Des Moines to D.C. all the time. You can't uh, – a TV station in, uh, you know, in, like, Denver can't have someone permanently installed. There, there, there's no D.C. bureau for the CBS affiliate in in Denver, Colorado. And at the same time, there's also, you know, uh, there are some things where, you know, everyone doing the individual reporting on the same thing isn't really helpful. There's a finite amount of time. Um, you know, uh, sources are only going to say different things so many times. So... Uh, you know, I, this is always, I think this has always existed. It's just, it's always existed to help sort of established outlets. Whereas now you have, you know, I, I, I know you didn't want to rip on specific sites, but like, you know, to keep picking on Business Insider. Now you have Business Insider building its whole empire essentially on just doing that you know your your tv station you know your local news outlet in bloomington has original reporting that's in its sort of scope of operations and then you know it uses wire services like the ap to source things that are outside of its day-to-day scope yeah so i think that you know i i think that it's perhaps an issue more of like we understand it now and we're seeing people get sort of rich and famous on doing it so i would say that that's that's a bigger issue than the practice itself i think the practice is probably on balance helpful to whom is a fair and good question to ask because it's probably not to the benefit of the the journalist whose reporting is being, you know, repackaged and and quasi-plagiarized. But I think it's probably to the benefit of you and me and the people that are trying to sift through the morass of information that's out there in the world. Um, yeah, and, and I think to, to uh, you know, at least for me to put a point on this discussion... Um, and something that is more ass than than I'd like <laughs> uh, is is especially in light of ESPN downsizing, especially in the original journalism department. Yes, uh, I you know is it is it better for us that we are aware of these that we you know people can send out these newsletters and I can be introduced to all these different topics or great journalism that I wouldn't be aware of normally. I think it's great. I, I like I like the idea of being curious and seeking perspective. Those are very important things to me. But the people that are providing that, um, you know, if they have fewer and fewer outlets to do that and to pursue it as a livelihood, that's concerning. And so that's yes. ultimately where I stand, which is I want to support these people because I think that they are smart and they are doing good things, um, and they should be able to to do that and be supported in that. And the internet is ultimately a largely free enterprise, but uh, people who provide content on it are not working for free. Well, 
we are but uh <laughs> but i don't if you would like to I, change that we are open to to yeah. to that possibility uh but not peter thiel yeah so, no not so, no fuck that guy um uh. <laughs> but but they, you know that's that's we've already that's got our college like, degrees we, we're of no use to peter thiel anymore oh, oh no uh yeah i mean i want the people that that are really actually good at this and not just mediocre i, I want them to continue to be able to do this and not have to you know, get normal ass jobs like we we have. So that's ultimately where I come down on this, which is I don't know where Mark Stein's gonna go, for instance, and he's had a long career, but um was it Ethan Sherwood Strauss? Like Yeah. He's a younger guy. I want him to be able to continue to do this. No, uh, you you've you've hit on a good thing, which is that, you know, ESPN took huge hits in the NBA department well, they didn't take huge hits. They doled out huge hits to their yeah. existing NBA department. Yeah. You know, largely it's believed because they're going to bring in, you know, not only Adrian Wojnarowski, but his entire vertical team. Um, You know, and (laughs) all right, point taken. Uh, And there there's sort of a like a well-known in basketball journalism circles uh, kind of not great relationship between Woj and Mark Stein. You know, so between the fact that those two guys did the same thing in terms of, you know, breaking news reporting on the NBA, uh, they they decided to stump, dump Stein um, to to stock their, you know, their ammo stores with some Woj bombs. Um, But somebody and I, I swear, I really I wish I could remember who it was that set this up and, and who, who it was that sent it to me. Um, but somebody put together this awesome Google doc, uh, with, uh, places to find stuff from, uh, gifted basketball writers, uh, ways to support people by buying, you know, Shea Serrano's book, uh, Jonathan Abrams' amazing book on prep to pro basketball players, which I read and would highly recommend, um, and, and and shared it around, uh, you know. So I think that there is a recognition that that this is happening, and and that there are people out there that are doing things worth supporting, uh, who are maybe not being supported uh, the way they should. So I will uh, – I'll put that up. I'll put a link to that Google Doc up yes. on, the, uh, on the show page for, for people who care about great basketball journalism um, because there is, quite frankly, a shitload of it out there. Yeah. Um, it's everywhere. Um, okay. Uh, that, I think it was a good, good discussion of, of uh, aggregation, of sports media, um, yeah. ESPN, the place people love to see fail. Um, if you have thoughts on the business insiders of the world, uh, come if and you find work us for them. <laughs> come and find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod and uh, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, we are going to hear once again another apology from Pierce this week. What do you have to say? Sorry for this time. So I I think this is something that that happens to a lot of people. Um, it's particularly topical this this week. Um, so, Sean, have you ever been to a concert and you just weren't really familiar with uh, the artist? You know, 
Yes, I have. I went on a run in the fall where I actually went to a couple concerts of uh, artists or bands that I had never heard a single piece of music by. Yeah, so I've I've certainly done that before. Um, You know, had a good feeling based off of what people said. Uh, But as as you may or may not be aware, I I went to high school um, and and middle school very close to uh, what – used to be called Nissan Pavilion is now uh, Jiffy Lube Live, uh, which is, God, that's an awful name. But, uh, it do be. So, and um, my very first concert was there was one that I was just wholly unfamiliar with, with the music. And I was taken there by like a friend and, and their family. Uh, and, and I feel like I wasn't, I'm sorry this week because I wasn't very appreciative um, in general, being like a 12 year old and also, uh, being unfamiliar with the importance of the music. And so I am, I'm sorry that only now I'm appropriately respectful of the fact that my first, I guess, of an age concert, not I'm going to say adult concert, but like becoming someone who listens to music concert was an Allman Brothers concert. And I didn't know who the hell they were. And uh, Greg, Greg Allman passed away this, this weekend. And, and I remember the concert. Like, I do remember it being, like, pretty cool. They were definitely some funky people there who just adored the music. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I would recommend that, uh, you know, always continue exploring music, even if it's not music that you necessarily like, and go to concerts that you don't necessarily know much about the artist if people are passionate about it and that's a word i hate but if people are really into (laughs) it um understand why they're really into it i mean i draw the line some places like i really wish i hadn't gone to toby keith concerts but um (laughs) uh you know all my brothers are are very very important um and in the southern rock kind of thing i mean subsequently no kidding and subsequently, like I think a couple months ago, I watched the last waltz, and I think there are a lot of cleavages between the the, the two there, um, and and it's just kind of like a outdoors jam band type listening can get very very fun, and it's a great time to be with people. So yeah, uh, go to go to concerts that you don't necessarily know who they are, and uh, you know thank people for bringing you places where you don't have to pay for a ticket. Yeah, definitely definitely do that. Um, Rest in peace, Greg Allman. Uh, really unbelievable band. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, in in lieu of a sort of big idea from pop culture, um, I've been kind of frazzled. I'm I'm packing up all my possessions to move into a new apartment next weekend, so I haven't been quite They're as. They're not as your possessions. Point. They possess you, They're, you capitalist. All right. Uh, I haven't been quite as plugged in a- as I would as I would like. The one thing I've been reading is, is monstrously sad. Um, so instead, we're going to have actually a little bonus second topic today. So we will take a very short break, and then when we come back, we are going to talk about something uh, that has to do with baseball. All right, so we're back for round two, uh, and, and what what got us talking today is um, the phenomenon of 
fans um, entering the playing surface at sporting events and uh, and running around. Um, I, I was shocked to to see uh, one that I think was maybe made its way onto Instagram, uh, where, yeah. where somebody actually successfully evaded the uh, stadium security forces who did not attempt to apprehend him for a suspiciously long time. Um, but he like yeah. jumped an outfield fence and like ran up the steps and I, I don't know what happened. Um, for, yeah. all, for all we know, he may have gotten caught out of the gate, but you in particular, yeah, I believe have some very strong feelings about this that I think I'm so, going to echo. So first of all, I'm not going to give credit. I'm not going to be specific. I, I wanted to ask you where that was, but no, I'm not going to do that because this is okay. In short, this is very bad. This is yes, bad on all accounts. Very this, bad. We we live in a time where there is a reasonable fear about rogue actors doing things and not being able to, in literal or metaphorical language, catch them. So the last thing you want is a very crowded public area for someone to be going rogue. And I understand people well, – I don't understand. Well, maybe I do. <laughs> um, people thinking, oh, this is so funny, whatever. Yeah, it comes from a culture of like in in uh, England and uh, Britain, streakers. And, you know, I, I, there's, a, there's a very famous photo at the British Open where a streaker dresses up and he runs onto the green. And I believe it's Peter Jacobson um, just tackles him. I, I might get that wrong, but just tackles him. And the running onto – there's also a famous photo that was like a stacks thing on, on – Deadspin, where where the guy is streaking and, and the the constable puts his hat over his his lower midsection, um, <laughs> and there's a photo taken of that. Uh, okay, I, I get that you know it happened occasionally, and sometimes people are protesting, but you know we live in a time now where bad things have happened, and it's just it's not it's not funny. It's it can be scary, um, and and things have definitely happened at at large sporting events. And sometimes these it's purposefully done at large sporting events. Um, so it's bad on that front. It's also bad because, you know, from a player safety perspective, who knows when they're going to run out in the field? Um, was it oh, – I'm going to forget. Uh, who was the tennis player who got stabbed during a match some number of years ago? You, you just – you never know. And, and, and I think that, you know, I would – and occasionally this has happened, but, uh, you know, sometimes it happens in the NFL games – if a player goes ahead and tackles this person, well, then what happens? Or gives him a forearm shiver or whatever? Is the public going to erupt and say, "Wow, why did you hurt that person? He was just trying to be he or she was just trying to be funny." Sure. And and then they're going to get in trouble for this. If someone ran into your office and started like pushing over your computer and stuff, how would you react? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, not. I, I know. It's not I funny. Understand. I I understand. I I look at this from a, a slightly less alarmist way i i I understand that point i hadn't thought about it that way i certainly did not think about the context of monica sellis being attacked in 1993 um thank you to the intern for looking that up on the fly um i I just think it's dumb it's dumb glory boy behavior that we shouldn't glorify um you know, even even before it rises to the level of of actual you know potential danger for anyone, it's just 
dumb shit that you shouldn't do. And, you know, it took, actually, it took me a while. I think it was two years ago, maybe, uh, that early in the NFL season, some, you know, some drunk Yahoo, uh, you know, decided to take a spin on the field at the first NFL game of the season or, or one of the first NFL games. And, you know, Kevin Harlan was was calling this guy running around the field shithoused like it was an actual football play. Yeah. And no, don't like I, I thought it was funny the first two times. I saw it, and then it, no, stop doing that. Don't glorify this. If you glorify it, people will say, oh, this is, uh, you know, OK to do, even though it's not OK to do. You're yeah. not. Your point about if somebody came into my office and started messing with my stuff, like, it's exactly right. These, you know, these players are at work. And, yes. and you know, regardless. And their work is dangerous to normal humans, especially the football example. No kidding. Uh, but, you know, like, you, you shouldn't. I, I won't. I won't use this to get on a soapbox about how people say, "Oh, it's just a game. Where we're paying a millions of dollars." Like that's a dumb argument, and it, it's self-evidently dumb. And I, I won't address it now. Uh, but stock market's a game. But it's also, you know, we shouldn't use that to say, "Oh, they they're playing a game, so we can run through the middle of it," you know, like we're accidentally interrupting somebody's pickup game at a park. Like that's not what you're doing, you know. You're 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 throwing something. You're just you're making it all about yourself, and you know, it's not an NFL game is not about you know Mark from Philly running on the field like a fucking idiot. It's not supposed to be. It wasn't yeah. intended that way. So yeah. just don't do it. But that also, it, it comes, you know, to, to mix to mix my sort of more more lighthearted and, and your more more grave analyses, you know, similar to how there are some some countries that don't um, like that don't, you know, don't cover. Uh, don't cover like mass shootings. On, on their on their news programs because they've decided that you know giving it media attention it is is glorifying it and, and sort of normalizing it in a way that makes people think you know makes people who might be inclined to to do that in the future think that it's okay or that they'll get some sort of notoriety from doing it like I want desperately for for to like to never see another video of a drunk fan running around the field on a house of highlights. Yeah. I don't want Sports Center to cover it ever again. Yeah. I don't I, I I want Kevin Harlan who is a fantastic announcer. I want him to get like a little slap on the wrist for you know for aiding and abetting that fucking idiot. And and I think with the stuff like that, it has it, these these are either they're starting to happen more or they're being covered more. So it seems like they're happening more frequently. And one day, one of these is going to end with someone getting hurt. The 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 person on the field is either going to we 
quick triggers are an issue and someone could get shot uh, because someone decided that they were being particularly dangerous or a player is going to take them out in such a way that, I don't know, they bust their head or or something like that. And then you're going to get into this, this debate, which I'm sure will be, well, he was just trying to have fun and now he, you know, is going to best case, uh, you know, have to drink insurers for six months because he broke his jaw and there's going to be a big suit and the player is going to look bad or, or the, the security officer who was arguably doing their job. Um, and, and that's just, let's just not even get to that point. Stop doing it. It's not funny. It's dumb and it's dangerous. And, and even, but so, so I guess where, where we differ on this lately is like, I, even, even if we never get to the point where there's actual danger, like even before you go down the slippery slope, it's bad now. It's bad in the state in which it exists now. It is. So, it is. so we shouldn't give it a, a chance to to expand further. We also shouldn't give it a chance to stay where it is now. Fans, stop doing this. It's stupid. It's You're being bad. Stupid. Fans. Seriously. Root for your team, not for yourself. You're definitely rooting for yourself there. Absolutely. All right. That is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod. Tell us what you think about drunk fans running on the field. Um, you can get this and every episode of the podcast on our home on the web, prettyokpod.com. We'll link out to that uh, Google Doc of great basketball writing and uh, I think possibly the uh, Stacks article about streakers. Um, you know that that's also where you can find uh, the writing we have. Ian uh, has been doing his song of the week pieces. He's on on a vacation, but should be back soon. And in the meantime, uh, Pierce filled in for him last week, and I'll I'll be filling in this week. Uh, you can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or most other places where you get podcasts. Uh, if you do that, we would appreciate a rating, review, comment, um, or even just you know tell a friend. Uh, you know we would we would love to have them be uh, a part of the family. Uh, if you have an idea for a show topic, uh, drop us a line at it's pretty okay at gmail dot com. We'll be back again next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. Thanks for listening. Bye.